Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we talk to Mark and Travis Macy of the Amazon series World's Toughest Race Eco Challenge Fiji to learn all about their experiences as runners, adventure racers, and family guys. Hey everyone, welcome to episode six, season two of the Marathon Training for Beginners podcast. Hey guys, sorry, you're going to notice my voice is a little bit crackly today. <laughs> I'm a bit under the weather, but recovering. I went for a run tonight with yeah. Mo. We put the kids in the stroller and that was kind of my true test. It was. Whether or not I've gotten over this cold and I think I am out of the woods. Oh yeah. And it's true dedication, everyone, that he is recording this episode. He should be resting. Well, I'm doing it because I'm so excited for the guests. I couldn't contain that excitement and wanted to get this out. So rather than wait another week or two, here it is. We are so excited about the guests from today's episode, and they come from the hit Amazon Prime show, World's Toughest Race, Eco Challenge Fiji. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, it's incredible. Listen to this episode first, if you can, and then go watch all 10 episodes on Amazon Prime ASAP. It is seriously one of the best things that we have seen. Oh, yeah. And in case you don't know what the show is all about, we put a link to the trailer in the show notes. So go check it out. But in short, it's a 671 kilometer race over the course of about a week, week and a half, kind of depending on how fast your team can complete it, uh, where the teams race nonstop with little to no sleep over the mountains and jungles and oceans Mm. of Fiji. And everything from mountain biking to running and swimming and paddling, mountain climbing. So the list goes on and on. And I mean, everything they do is 
is epic. And pivotal to the show are the legendary father and son team, Mark and Travis Macy, who we had the honor of speaking to for this episode. Mark is a true endurance athlete legend. He competed in the very first Eco Challenge, and he really embodies what the sport is at its core. So much so that even after he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, he proves his mental toughness by continuing to compete in these adventure races. Yeah, and his son Travis, he's a finisher over 120 ultra endurance events in countries all over the world. But on top of all that, he's a speaker, an author, a coach, and oh, oh yeah, he's a dad too. That's Yeah. Big time, people. We talk about that. Yeah, we get into all of that in this episode. Um, But he's also an author of the outstanding book, The Ultra Mindset and Endurance Champions, Eight Core Principles to Success in Business, Sports, and Life. And by the way, guys, he has set multiple records in a variety of races. What can't they do? The Macy's can do it all. (laughs) So without further ado, Mark and Travis Macy. We are so excited to have with us Mark and Travis Macy. I think it goes without saying that they are incredible athletes, but even more so incredible human beings. Yes, they are. (laughs) Welcome, you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. We're glad to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. Awesome to be here with with you and the friends out there. And uh, yeah, just uh, glad glad to chat. I'm glad we could make time with the crummy marathoners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. Well, we we just want to start off by asking you guys, if you could just tell us about you, what is it that you do? For those who haven't seen the Amazon film and those who haven't um, done a lot of research on on Mark and Travis Macy, tell us all about you and and what it is that you guys do. Go ahead, Trav. Well, we, uh, I mean, I guess are are, uh, mountain endurance athletes. So, uh, you know, that includes uh, mostly running and mountain biking, but uh, also things like snowshoeing. Um, I've really gotten into ski mountaineering over the last uh, few years. Ski mountaineering is a sport where you um, ski uphill using climbing skins and then go back down uh, alpine style. Wow. And um adventure racing as well. That's kind of uh you know the the latest thing or at least what's sort of shown up on TV most recently. Uh, Dad and I um did a a race together about a year ago uh called the World's Toughest Race that's um streaming on Amazon Prime and that's a multi-day adventure race. So uh it's a four-person co-ed team and you're uh trekking, mountain biking, paddling, uh rafts and outrigger canoe um and uh navigating as well uh through the through the jungle and mountains uh with a map and compass and um you know that that one that's a long race that that's uh you know some somewhere between uh 6 and 11 days depending on how fast your team's going and it's just sort of nonstop uh around the clock um uh, racing. So, um, yeah, we kind of, you know, we do that stuff. Dad, dad's been, uh, dad did the early eco challenge races that was in like the late nineties and early two thousands. And, and at that time I was, uh, a teenager. So I was kind of watching from those from the sidelines or watching them on TV and just knew I wanted to do it. And, and, you know, really, I would say both of us at the core, um, were runners, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's what we like 
doing um, running, even in the midst of all these other sports, running is such a great sport because you can do it anytime and anywhere. And you can always take it on the road with you when you're traveling and, you know, whether you're staying in a hotel or camping somewhere with your family or whatever, you can pretty much always um, go for a run. And that's, that's one reason I love it. So, uh, you know, dad came to to distance running later he was probably well into his 30s before he did his first marathon and um i kind of got into it uh in high school you know with high school track and then cross country and then i ended up running a couple years in college um at cu boulder doing track and cross country and um you know we really uh neither of us really do any road running or road, uh, racing. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've done literally one road marathon. I think dad's done, uh, more than, more than that. Um, but we've both done quite a bit of ultra running, you know, um, trail running, uh, mostly, you know, ultra trail races. So 50, 50 K, 100 K, 50 mile, 100 mile, um, oh, wow. that kind of thing as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, Dad. Any yeah. other? Did I miss anything? Any any other things we do? Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered it. You know, my I've been doing all of this stuff for decades and de- decades. It seems like, and you know, I've not done much marathon races or anything. I mean, my my first marathon was in. Well, first, I, I grew up in Detroit, and and I wanted to – I used to want to do the uh, Detroit Marathon. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah. but in any event, Belle Isle Marathon. Mm-hmm. You guys probably know that. Yeah. And I wanted to do it, and I never got around to it. And then we moved to Colorado, and, and uh, my first race of any kind whatsoever uh, – it's my first day racing was uh, – the Mayor's Cup Marathon here in Denver, and that was uh, that's how I started out. I didn't know anything about it whatsoever. I just the gun went off, and <laughs> I got off, and, and uh, it didn't do very well. <laughs> you're in you're in good company, Mark. <laughs> it, We're pretty crummy over here. <laughs> well, you know, it, it took me took me five hours and. I sat down in, in the park and and uh, I was really crashing bad and a lady gave me a donut. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, I could find my mom and my wife when when the race was over and I thought, man, I'm not ever doing that again, you know. And yeah. I, I, I forget to I forgot to mention I was a rock climber at the time and Okay. And uh, I showed up with my rock climbing shoes to do the marathon, and that didn't work very good. <laughs> really, really bad for your feet when you, yeah. when you got rock climbing shoes on. <laughs> so, so I really didn't. I didn't do much marathon stuff at all. I've done probably I don't know, maybe ten marathons or something. And uh, I did a race called the Marathon to Sod. To Saab, that's a pretty cool marathon. Do you guys ever hear of that? No. Marathon to Saab? No. Well, it's a, I think it's a seven to nine day uh, race in, uh, shoot, 
think it's in Morocco, right, Dan? It's in it's in the Sahara. It's a, a in stage, Sahara Desert. Yeah, multi-day yeah, stage Sahara running Desert. race. Yep. I hope you guys know. Maybe I should tell you this. I don't know if you know it or not. I've, I've got Alzheimer's, and uh, you know, I kind of forget things every now and then. So, <laughs> please, please let me. You know, yeah. Don't, no. don't hold no. me to perfection. Don't. No. Oh, <laughs> never. Not at no all. Worries, not There's at not all. a test. Uh, and all you know, I'll add briefly as far as just a little uh, background, and then we can get to the next question. But uh, uh, you, you know, I think it's important for people to remember. Like in addition to, you know, these races and and traveling and that kind of stuff. I mean, we're we're regular people too, like the mm-hmm. folks listening to this. And, and even like, you know, you take your elite, elite, uh, you know, like Dathan Ritzenhain, who who I ran with in college, you know, he's been one of the top marathoners in the country over the last couple decades. But, you know, like he's also a normal guy. He's got a family, he's got kids, you, you know, like we, we all, uh, none of us are, are perfect. And we, you know, everyone's got to get up and put your clothes on and brush your teeth. So, uh, right. you know, I like d- dad's dad's your usual grandpa and he had a career as an attorney and now he's retired. And, uh, you know, I've, I, I have two kids who are seven and nine and I spend a lot of time with him in addition to my work and, you know, my wife works and we're all kind of scrambling around with the whole global pandemic thing here. Yeah. Right, trying to right. make sense of it, which, uh, you know, in my opinion is a, g- a great reason to go running like man you know hopefully you can hopefully you're in a place where you can get outside and you can run and you can clear your head and it's just it's so it's so important you know in these times of uncertainty absolutely and mo and i were talking about this before we got on with you but we've just wondered because we've felt how challenging it is to raise a small family we have two little kids um just training just training for a regular old road marathon but but you guys doing these ultra endurance events how do you juggle raising a family and then doing all of that on the side. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a balancing act for sure. And just like you guys, you know, it's got to become kind of part of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's mostly a question of how do you spend your time? You know, you look at the, the average American is watching hours and hours of TV every day. Well, you know, if you watch four hours of TV every day and you cut that in half and exercise for two hours, I mean, yeah. that's enough time to be an elite athlete. Uh, so, sure. you know, it's just how, how do you how do you spend your time? And, and also another thing, like sometimes people think the longer the race, well, like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be training so much, you know, oh, I'm training for a marathon and whatever. Let's say you're doing 50 miles a week or, you know, yeah. 75 miles a week or whatever it is, depending on, you know, your experience and level. But you think, oh, if I want to run 50 miles, I got to train double that. And that's not necessarily true. You know, I mean, the the top ultra runners in the world, you know, most of them are probably running somewhere between 60 and 120 miles a week. And that's going to vary from, you know, person to person. But they're they're not, you know, they're not running 400 miles a week because the race is 100 miles or something, right? The the body just can't handle that. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's probably maybe less training than you might think. And and then again, uh, like I said, it's just a question of a lifestyle and priorities. And, uh, you know, I always say I'm, I'm always behind on, you know, things like yard work and <laughs> drawers and that kind of stuff. Oh, like, you know, and yeah. some of it, like some of it's probably because that's just not my personality. Like I don't like right. those things. And some of it's like, well, you know, I'm making a conscious decision to go out and, and go running now instead of doing that. 
Sure. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we did a little bit of our homework on both of you. And so I remember reading about how like Travis, you've done, I think, 120 ultra. Um, yeah, something like that, you know, in various sports, not all of those running, you know, some biking and multi-sport and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That just blows our mind. And I remember Mark reading about how you were in the very first eco challenge and that was in, I think that was in Utah, right? Yes. Utah. Oh, I I just, what you said just really struck a chord with me because like you said, we're everyday people, all of us here, and we're just trying to do things that are going to better us in whatever ways we're doing, whether it be work or whether it be ultra marathoning or, you know, running a marathon. And so hearing about your experiences and how you've applied it to your lives in different ways is just, just blown our minds. And I, I, we want to definitely touch on this whole thing of, I, I think you've touched on it before, like mentality and having that mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our podcast is tailored to those who are beginners. So whether it be beginning, like beginner runners or just beginners getting out the door. And yeah, so yeah. like my question or one of our questions is like, what advice do you have for those who literally have no prior background, no prior experience. And how do you, what advice do you have for them to just get out the door? If that makes sense. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit out of the ordinary, I guess, but you know, I kind of all through my, you know, career, if you want, I didn't have a career. I'm just some guy. <laughs> I really did not have a career as an athlete or anything, but I kind of just did things by the seat of my pants. I, I've told you before we started uh, about my first marathon, I just showed up for the Mayor's Cup and, and, you know, and told my wife, if I'm gone in five hours, come and, come and find me. And, <laughs> and it took all the five hours. Luckily, I made it. You know, I don't, I didn't, never did anything professionally. I decided, you know, at one time I wanted to be a, uh, excuse me, <laughs> give me just a second. Okay. I got to remember what I'm trying to say here, but. You thinking maybe when you decided to do Leadville, Dad, or? Well, first, not, let, yeah, Leadville was later, but the first, you know, pretty cool race that I decided to do was. Mine, Trav. Give it to me. The, the Iron Man? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, about? yeah. I decided I wanted to do the Iron Man one day, and and in those days it was a little bit easier to get into the Iron Man. But you know, I started swimming and started biking and stuff, and, and then I started thinking, man, maybe I can get into the Iron Man, and somehow I got in. You know, I wouldn't have been able to get in now with the, with the requirements, but yeah. So I just did the Iron Man, and then after I did the Iron Man, I you know one night I I uh, watched a race on TV and it was uh, shoot trap. <laughs> yeah, it was a Lead Bill Trail 100. I was watching it on TV and it was it was misty and everything. And I thought, man, what are these guys? They're doing a hundred miles. <laughs> I thought, and I said to myself, I think I could do that, or maybe I could do it. And then I just signed up for it. Yeah. And that's how I got into the Iron Man the first time. I just, you know, I just, you know, went down and signed up for it. And, you know, yeah. I talked to a friend that I knew who had done it. And he told me that, you know, you'll never be, be able to finish this. You know, you know, I thought, well, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And I did. And, yeah. and it took me, it took me all of the time available. I had, like less than one minute under wow. the clock. 
to finish spending Lead Bill 100. Wow. <laughs> the 30, uh, 30 hour cutoff. That's yeah, crazy. The 30 hour cutoff. I can't, before understand. That, I can't believe that. Before, before that, we decided, you know, we had Travis, who was a little boy, and, and uh, our daughter, Caitlin, was there, and I wanted them to be part of it. And so I decided that at halftime, uh, we'd have a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we we sat we sat down with the kids and had a picnic and that's why we only had had a very little time to finish the race because we were picnicking <laughs> and then we could then we couldn't find the finish line because we'd never been there I didn't know where the finish line was wow. and so Pammy was running around and my brother in law Brian's running around we're trying to find the finish line <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up either I mean this is how simple it can be if you wanted to no I yeah. love it it makes the story I, even better yeah and and I, you know as far as my mindset for, for beginners, I do have a few specific ideas. I mean, uh, you know, for me, I was a little kid out there watching these things and for, it, it definitely made an impact. You know, I kind of grew up with this unique perspective of like, oh, people go out and run a hundred miles and that, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, really hard and you suffer a lot, but it's also a lot of fun and it's a great family and community experience. And that's kind of something that I, that I want to do. So I recognize that I come from a unique position, you know, where for, for some people, like just going out and running, like, man, that's intimidating. It's scary. How fast do you run? What do you wear? You know, where do you go? All that kind of stuff. (laughs) And so if a few things that come to mind for me, you know, one thing dad always told me when I was a kid and a teenager is just that the days that you most don't feel like getting out the door you know, cause you're feeling low mentally or, you know, you just don't feel like doing it or you feel like you're too busy or it's too cold outside. Uh, those are the days when you really most need to exercise. And, and I'm not saying, you know, if you're really sick or something, go out and crush yourself with a VO2 max workout. You know, what I'm saying is just get out and, and, and do something. And once you're going the momentum, just, you know, often getting out the door is the hardest step. You know, I was up early this morning and it's dark out and I look on my phone and it's negative three degrees outside with the wind chill. And, you know, I'm like, oh man, and, uh, you know, well, I get, you know, I'm here. This is what I do. Like, I just got to get out and do it. And, you know, yeah. for a few minutes, I'm really cold and kind of miserable. And then I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I got to see a beautiful sunrise over the Colorado Rockies. So you just, you know, get out and do it. Um, I think another one is, is that, um, perfect is the enemy of good. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we get into thinking, oh, I'll I'll do it when blank, you know, when my work situation is perfect, my, uh, you know, life situation, I I have the perfect clothing or the perfect shoes or the perfect location. You know, if you wait for everything to be totally perfect, you're not going to do anything. And this, this also, you know, sometimes as runners, we can get into this constant over analysis of pace per mile or heart rate or splits or, you know, whatever, if, you know, if, if you, if that's all you focus on and you, you're just going to crumble mentally because, you know, things aren't perfect or the last mile wasn't as fast as you wanted it to be, or it felt bad or whatever, you, you know, you can't let that happen. Like you just, you just got to go and you just got to do it and, and you got to shrug off, um, some of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, another, another saying I like from the world of ultra running is, is, uh, it never always gets worse. And that's kind of the idea that, you know, you could be 
going along, you know, maybe you're, you're in your marathon race and, you know, you're at mile 15 and you're really suffering or you go through a low patch, you know, your legs hurt or you're, you, you know, you feel nauseous or energy's tanking or your, your outlook is going down and you think, oh my God, if I'm at mile 15 and I'm this bad, like imagine mile 20, it's going to be terrible. You know, yeah. it's just this cascade of negative thoughts. But that's not always true. You can you can feel better. Like keep moving forward, eat, drink, uh, bring positive energy back. Maybe that's mm-hmm. when you put in your music. Maybe that's when you talk with people around you to gain that that positive energy. You know, maybe that's when you leave the person you've been running with who's just complaining and nagging. You know that you don't want to be around that kind of stuff. <laughs> and you actually can get better. You know that's a marathon is long enough that you can go through one or more low patches where you're feeling pretty bad again in one way or another, and you can actually feel a lot better. And and the longer the race goes, you get into ultra running or these multi-day things. I mean, you can expect many low patches. You could just feel terrible for, you know, hours or a whole day. And then lo and behold, the the next day you're actually feeling a little bit better. So, you know, it's, it's not giving up on yourself. And then, um, you know, one final one, I, I guess I could go on and on about this. I mean, the sure. long-winded answer, like I, I wrote a book about mindset called yes. The Ultra Mindset, and I think a lot of that could be applied to marathoning or hopefully even more important in things like marriages and mm-hmm. uh, parenting and work and stuff. But um, one other piece I think really applies to marathons is is most people in most uh, endurance races go out too fast. And I think a lot of times that happens, you know, uh, you're, you're at the start and you feel you, you're rested up, you feel fresh, you feel good. You know, yeah. eye of the tiger is, is banging <laughs> on the, on the, on the loudspeaker, you know, there's so much yeah. energy and everyone yeah. just takes off and they're not even, you know, no one is paying attention to what they're doing. Right. So, Early on in the race, you know, think about what you're doing. So maybe you make a plan that's based on heart rate and or pace. Like I'm not going to let my heart rate get above this, or I am not going to run the first, you know, whatever, five miles faster than X pace per mile or something. Yeah. You know, think about what you're doing, staying on top of, of nutrition, of hydration, of all of those things. And then that, that stoke, you know, the eye of the tiger and all that energy, save that for later because it's going to get hard. Right. Right. At some point, this is going to get hard and it's going to come down to like, how much do you want it? So use it later. Don't, don't use that, that extra stoke in the vibes. Like you don't need it at the start of the race. You need it at the end. So, Mm -hmm. you know, save it, hold off, uh, and until later, later on. Um, and that's true, you know, in, especially for new runners, just that progression, like, take it slowly. Every day is not a race. I think a lot of new runners, they go out and they get their, you get your loop, you know, here's the loop I run. And it's Mm -hmm. like Monday, my time was, you know, 31 minutes. So Tuesday, I'm going to try to do 30 minutes and 30 seconds. And Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to, and it's like every day you're just racing, trying to beat the time. And that's probably better than nothing, but it's also not sustainable and it's not a good way to train. I think a, a lot of new runners, you know, don't realize like, most running should be very aerobic. You should be able to hold a conversation, you know, with your running partner or, you know, your hypothetical running partner or your dog or Mm -hmm. whoever you're out there with, you know, probably somewhere around 80% of your, your running should be quite aerobic and only at very specific times are you, are you pushing the pace and effort? So don't just go out there and race all the time. Wow. It's, it's such good advice. And you know, the, the idea of injuries just comes to mind, you know, how you run these, 
day long, week long races that, that just go on, seem to go on forever and, and not get injured, or maybe you do get injured, right? But, you know, do you have any advice for beginner runners uh, on how to avoid injury, you know, when, when they're just getting started? I, I think easing into it, you know, like I said, like the, you're, you're building up consistently very slowly. So, you, you know, if you're running zero days per week, don't go right to seven days per week. Ease right. in, you know, the frequency and ease in the, the distance and ease in the intensity. And, and a lot of running injuries occur, you know, because of building up, uh, too fast. So, so that would be a big one. Um, you know, you can think about what surface are you running on? You know, pavement is, is a very hard surface. Do you have options to, you know, run on grass or trails or, or a treadmill, for example, what kind of shoes are you running in? Um, you know, different people have different philosophies from, from the barefoot running sort of idea all the way up to your super duper over cushioned, uh, you know, hokas and ultras and, and those kind of things. I mean, I, I kind of, dad and I have both used the over cushion shoes for quite some time. And I think there's something to be said for it. And I think yeah. dad hokas would probably feel better on, on your knees. I mean, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'm glad I got hokas one day and I've been wearing them ever since. And they've, you know, I got beat up knees and, and they're the best thing I can think of to wow. help yeah. you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love hokas. And I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't get paid for it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, again, just doing things smartly, um, doing ancillary work. So, so stretching, mobility, strength stuff. I'm a big fan of lower body strength and upper body strength. And, and I'm also a big fan of, and some, again, this is just personality. I like doing a lot of different sports. And I, I think that, uh, you know, times that I've got injured with running or, or just gone into, you know, probably too far into overtraining ha- has been when I was just focusing on running. Okay. And, you know, to some extent that that's, you know, that's the way to optimize your running results. But, but for longevity, I think having a, a seasonal approach and, and again, mixing in other sports, even if it's just some easy cycling, you know, for, for recovery days or to boost the volume, but have less pounding or time in the pool with swimming, you know, there's so many ways to do it, figure out what you like. Um, you know, for, for me, I, I spend more time, you know, I, I started by saying at the core, I'm a runner, but I probably spend more time biking in the summer than I do running. And I probably spend more time skiing in the winter than I do running. So, So, you know, mixing, mixing things up. So we have to ask you, do you have a favorite sport or discipline like running, cycling? Like, is there one thing that you always go back to? That's like your constant. What do you think, Dan? You got a favorite? Uh, you know, I like them all. Everything's (laughs) good as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, I don't know what to say. It's all good. <laughs> like them it's all. It's all good. Yeah. Hey. And I, I really like the fact that I change stuff a lot and I've done a lot of things. And so maybe that's why I've never been really good at anything, you know, like I've never been a good marathoner because it's, you know, I did a couple of marathons and then I left and did other stuff and just kept on going. And, and, uh, yeah. Look, I think anyone who's watched uh, the world's toughest race looking at you would say, yeah. you know, just would look at you in awe. And, and so, you know, you, you may not be the, the two hour marathoner, but you're doing things that people can't even imagine. Oh, 
I, I just remember there were so many emotions watching Eco Challenge. And the first of all, your bond as father and son was incredible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we have two kids and we both looked at each other like, where are our children? <laughs> like, yeah. We need to develop like a Macy bond. But to see, you know, the mindset and your connection and your perseverance to get through the things that you did, I think our definition of what a good marathoner is, Mark Macy. I mean, yeah. it's and Travis Macy. I mean, just. Yeah. incredible it's and, and now that the show has come out and is kind of public and all of that are, are you guys allowed to talk about it and and you know talk sure. about takeaways sure was what, yeah. We, we, were, yeah we were curious you know what what did they get right and maybe what did they leave mm. out what did you wish they kind of included um in the show yeah yeah i thought it was the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. i'm serious i you know i've i've done uh all of the previous eco challenges and i've got the tapes from all of them they're not tapes whatever they call them these days right. but yeah. <laughs> you know i've been watching watching the tapes and stuff of, of those earlier races and this one you know fiji the latest fiji was just unbelievably good mm-hmm. you know i just i just i watch it and watch it and watch it you know I hate that part where I'm standing up and I <laughs> look like I'm 147 years old, but <laughs> the rest of it, the rest of it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I would agree with that. I think it was a good production. And, you know, this is, you, you got to, from a production standpoint, this is a challenging thing to pull off where you create a legitimate race, right. you know, that's going to be hard enough for the best teams in the world and and they really did have the best adventure racing teams in the world you know the kiwis and yeah. and the canadians and the spanish and you know all these top teams that that have been doing you know winning these races around the world for many years it's got to be hard enough for them that it's going to take them you know five six seven days yeah. but it's also got to be achievable uh, you know for the back of the pack teams um you know in in say 11 days um and i think they did that it's it's hard to make a course like that and and as far as the you know reality tv aspect what i think is cool and i think some of the producers would probably agree with this they don't have to script anything. They yeah. just, yeah. you know, they yeah. put all these cameras out there. You know, some of them are waiting for you. Some of them are embedded. You know, we had a great camera guy named Johan from Germany who did all the trekking sections with us. Wow. So, you know, Johan was basically our teammate. Part of the team, yeah. And, wow. you know, he's not telling us where to go or giving us food or anything like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's just trekking along with us and he's got the camera on and he's asking yeah. us questions here and there. And, uh, you know, you, you get all this footage, you know, thousands of hours of footage yeah. and, and then the stories are there. So they can still, you know, again, I said it's not scripted. Uh, they obviously can pick and choose, you know, what mm-hmm. are they going to show and how are they going to portray right. a given story? And, uh, you know, I would say, uh, again, I think they did a great job and they were able yeah. to show a lot of teams, which is really good. You know, there were many teams that didn't get shown much that also have incredible stories and experiences yeah. Yeah. and but you know it's also it's like okay you know if if it was the four of us you know and, and they had a hundred episodes we'd probably watch the whole thing but like you, know, <laughs> right. you, can't, you can't put that on amazon you can only do 10 one-hour episodes so, it, exactly. so they have to you know pick and, and choose but i yeah i think they did a good job and one thing about our story you know it it, it tells a an authentic story and i you know i think it a true story about, you know, what we did out there in that race. But I think it's important for people to remember that 
you know, people all around the world are, are digging deep to support each other, you know, digging deep to support family members and friends and, you know, uh, whether it's people with Alzheimer's or health conditions or, you know, pandemic related stuff like, you know, many of the listeners of this podcast are, they, they're doing that. They're digging deep to support people. And just because your story doesn't get on TV doesn't make it any less heroic, you know, so yeah. you got to like keep, keep believing in yourself. And, and it just, uh, I think there's a value in that and in, in digging deep to, to support each other. Cause that's, you know, that's the human condition. That's what we have to do as a species. Oh man. And especially right now, through the election yeah. and everything. I mean, yep. what you just said is so powerful mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. we all just need to come together. And, and everyone I've talked to who's watched the Eco Challenge World's Toughest Race on Amazon has said, you know, how can you not watch these guys out there and gals do this and not want to go out and just run a marathon and mm-hmm. like go out and, and just get active <laughs> and just make a difference? You know, it's, it's so inspiring. Yeah. And I think just like you said, the authenticity of it, the raw emotion of it, it just resonates mm-hmm. with people of all ages, of all different athletic abilities. And I'll I'll have to tell you, sometimes when I think about the strength that you had, it's when I'm like changing my kids' diapers at like 3 a.m. I'm like, hey, if Mark and Travis can trek through the jungle and freezing cold water and potentially get hypothermia or, you know, do these biking, I can change your diaper at 3 a.m. Heck yeah, believe I I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I mean, I... I think for for those of us who are, you know, wired in a certain way to, you know, enjoy these things, whether it's a marathon or, you know, a long bike race or the eco challenge or whatever, there's a, yes, it is very hard and there's a lot of uncertainty, but there's also a simplicity to it. Like you just keep going, you know, and and I, I mean, man, I love that simplicity. I can't tell you how many parenting days I've had at home with the kids that are way, way harder than just pushing your bike along, you know, through the mud when you just got to take care of yourself and keep going. So, you know, I mean, I love being a parent and my kids are awesome, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, yes, I, it's, it's being a parent is very challenging. And and I think that's another reason to exercise. You get out, you do something for yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. you show your kids that you're achieving or, or striving towards something. Something challenging. You don't have to make your goal, and sometimes you won't. But it, either way, it's great for them to see parents go through something hard and uncertain, and and uh, you know, put everything on the line. Yeah. Well, we're so inspired. I know we could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but um, I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah. Where can our listeners find you guys uh, if they want to read your books, if they want to follow you on social media? What's the best way to do that? Dad's getting yeah. into social media, huh, Dad? If you want to, if you want to follow me, you know, come over to my house at <laughs> tomorrow morning. We'll go That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> no, Dad's good. got the Instagram up, and Dad's Instagram is is m macy one forty six, um, and and mine's at travis macy, and uh, you know, we're trying to be somewhat consistent there, putting up some stories and updates and stuff, and we're. We're both on Facebook as well, and uh, my website is travismacy.com, um, where there's information about coaching and the other kind of stuff I do. That's that's amazing. Well, we will encourage all of our listeners to go there and to watch the show on Amazon if they haven't already, but thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you tremendously. It was 
just the best. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank, thank you guys. You, you guys are doing Thanks, an awesome guys. job. Blast. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, awesome job with this podcast. Good, good luck with your running. And, and, and thanks for just, you know, I think it's awesome that you're bringing this valuable content that helps people get into, uh, into just an awesome sport and pursuit. So, um, well, good, we, good on you. Keep it we, up. We appreciate it and, and stay in touch. All right. <laughs> yeah. Drop a line anytime. To. Thank you guys. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. See, See ya. Wow. These guys are absolute legends. They are so humble. Yeah, so humble. But they do extraordinary things. Uh, yeah. I mean, we wanted our conversation to continue forever with these guys mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was so much more we wanted to know about them and the show. You know, we kind of just barely scraped the surface. So and we were pretty nervous too. Like, Yeah, because it's not every day you're in the presence of virtual greatness, yes, <laughs> you know, yes. over a Zoom call. I mean, hey, if we're ever in Colorado, we'll we'll go find their uh, their house up in the mountains. They live literally in like the Rocky Mountains, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Mark showed us before the interview a picture of the outside of his house, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and acres and acres, and it was just snowy. It was um, like a winter wonderland. But just kind of going back to the show when, when Mo and I were watching it, if you haven't seen it, just to describe how insanely challenging this race is, there was a team of straight up Iron Manners. That's all they do. And, mm-hmm. and some of the best Iron Manners in the world. And they really struggled with this race. So there's so many dynamics that go into it. And it just goes to show how not only talented, but mentally tough the Macy's are. Oh, absolutely. And speaking about that mental toughness, I mean, it was just so amazing to see how Mark does not let a diagnosis like Alzheimer's hold him back. We have personal family connections to Alzheimer's and it was just incredible. I mean, even after the show, he told us before the interview, he had just got back from a trail run in the snow. So that was like, whoa. And it was in the snow, people. And yeah. he was doing, I don't do anything but stay inside in the snow. Yeah. Well, in Phoenix here, Mo, we, we kind oh, that's of... that's true. I'm talking about Massachusetts. When <laughs> that's we lived true, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Even when it snowed, we had our... We had our bean boots, we'd go outside, we'd shovel the snow, and that was it. <laughs> we weren't going anywhere. But even here, when it's cold, I still want to stay I know. Anyway, but you know, and, and another thing that really touched me was listening to how well Travis knows his dad on such a deep level. It was to the point where he could complete his sentences for him or help him remember a specific race. And that was just, I mean, to see a father-son dynamic that leaves you inspired to find ways of connecting with people that you love. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. It really helped us reflect, I think, on some of the relationships we have, Mm. uh, not only with our you know, immediate family here under our roof, but you know, my dad and and your parents and our siblings, and we just want to do better and have a better relationship with them. Yeah. And I think reflecting on the interview again, they have already accomplished so many incredible things in their life. And now what they're doing is they're just finding ways of connecting with others, spreading that positivity, that inspiration, and encouraging others to just go out and do something for yourself. Yeah, get out and and be in the woods and explore and be adventurous. So follow them on Instagram, at Travis Macy, at mmacy146. Check out their books. Travis has a website, travismacy.com. 
And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback on this show. And we hope everyone has a great week and has felt as inspired as we have to just get out, have a great day, and remember that you can do anything you put your mind to. Thanks again. And until next time. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this funny journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.